coming to you live from Morgantown, West Virginia. West Virginia's best new, no, strike that, the world's best new podcast, presented by the Voice of Morgantown at voiceofmotown.com. It's the Truck Brian Show. Here's your host, Mr. Unmatched himself, Truck Brian. Yo, man, it's Truck Brian, a.k.a. Mr. Unmatched. Y'all know what it is, man. It's been a minute. It has been a minute. I ain't dropped nothing since August. But guess what? We right back to it. You already know what time it is. No cap. You know what time it is, man. On this show, man, this one is uh, actually kind of special for me because I had a chance to play against him in college. He went to Vanderbilt. We played uh, play them, I want to say, in Puerto Rico. Great game. I think we beat them in the semifi- semifinals, I want to say, in a, in a tournament when we was in college. But he turned out to have a, a, a pretty fucking amazing career. And um, this was kind of special to me. Um, it's my boy John Jenkins, drafted by the Atlanta Hawks, had a good NBA career, played overseas too. So, I mean, this is just a, a, a great episode waiting to happen. We back. <laughs> we back. Just letting you know we back. Wow, John Jenkins is here. Yes, sir. What's up, gangster? What's up? Talk what to up, me, Trump? man. What's going on with you? I just looked at the box score. Y'all got us by three. Got good game, though. Three. I remember it was a good game for sure. What we? I can't even remember what we played. I remember playing against you because my boy Lance Goldburn, Goldburn was on the team. Yep, yep. That's my boy. Uh, I think it was – that was my second year. I think we put you on Puerto Rico or something like that. Yeah, that's where it was at. That's what I remember being I an remember. early tournament. I played the eight versus y'all. I had zero the next game in the chip. I remember versus Minnesota. I actually I will never forget that. You want to hear what's crazy? <laughs> you want to hear what's crazy? So I had I played good versus y'all, and then Coach Huggins was like, "Cause I I played good versus y'all, and then I had zero the next game." He said, "Oh guys, I, our star point guard." Was a no show. <laughs> <laughs> I heard Huggins is tough, bro. Yeah, so that don't surprise me. That's the, that's the gangster right there. I fuck with him, though. Great guy. Yeah, I had a tough coach too. Coach Stallings was no joke. He was on me heavy. I was the only freshman coming in, so I had to catch up with all the plays and you know get used to everything quick. And it was no slowing down. So he was on me from day one. Was you was you a, was you a big time recruit? Yeah, I was a five star. I was the first five star in Vanderbilt history. So that's and, uh, fucking I'm, tough. I'm, I'm 20 minutes away from the school too. That's where I live. So it was it was a big deal, you know, around the city and the state. Whenever I committed there, I got I got a question though. I, I get that you home. I get that you home. Why Vanderbilt though? You a five star. Yeah, uh, you got every school. Mm-hmm. Why Vanderbilt? It was crazy, man. It was. Perfect opportunity for me to play right away, which is what I was looking for. And it just happened to be close to home, honestly. So I wanted to go where I could play. I know a lot of guys were wanting to go to the big schools, but I was looking at the bigger picture. And I wanted to go to a good school that I could get minutes, get a good education, and hopefully try to get to the league at some point. And with Vandy being in the SEC and being close to home with a chance to play, I just saw a great opportunity to go out there and do my thing. You talking about make it to the league? You did. First round, that's fucking tough. That's tough. Yeah, I'll give you your flowers. That's tough. 
How did you How did you feel though when you got drafted? Oh man, it was amazing. Uh, my sophomore year, I thought about leaving. I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready. I wanted to leave, but I needed one more year of seasoning. So uh, we went back and uh, had my best year there for sure. My junior year, I left early, and um, man, I just remember that night like it was yesterday. It was about my family there in a nice hotel and have my friends and my teammates and uh I was projected to go you know 25 to 35 was my range so you know you went draft. 23 I know that I did my homework oh, yeah really. yep 23 so I had, I had like 15 or 16 team workouts I had to do just to like improve my stock so I was flying all over the place the whole uh, pre-draft process and um you know it paid off I played really well I worked out for Atlanta twice and had some good interviews with them and they took a chance on me so I really appreciated that so listen, you played in the league. Different amount of teams. You played in the league. You was there. That's the ultimate dream. How did that yep. even feel to make the league? You know, as little boys, like when you play basketball, that's our only dream. Exactly. I'm from Hendersonville, Tennessee, man. So you probably never heard of it. So it's I have from a small town. <laughs> <laughs> from a small town country kid. Uh, it's things like you said, you only dream about. You know, you don't know if it can really happen, but I was extremely motivated from a young age, uh, put in countless hours of work, had good people around me, uh, sacrificed a lot, uh, stayed disciplined. And so when it happened, you know, I wasn't surprised if I put in the work, but I was also ecstatic because, you know, it's the odds are almost one in a million. So I was very grateful and thankful that I got opportunity to play for sure. Hey, I'm going to tell you something about you, man. You speak well. I like that. I like that. Like, <laughs> Brandy, I, like I, kid. Hey, listen, I got two sides to me. I have a business side and I have a hood side. I'm from the hood. I'm from Brooklyn, New York. I'm from the trenches. Mm -hmm. But when it's business, uh -huh. it's business, you know? So I have two sides, but both sides are real. That's what's crazy. That's the craziest part about it. And, I, and I don't write questions down. This is this all off the top. I don't write questions down. What? Yeah, I, mean, I tuned. I tuned into the to the podcast or your uh, lives early. My boy, your boy too, D Lamb, sent me the sent me the live. Like <laughs> it might have been your first week of doing it. I was like, what is this dude sending me? I looked at him and I was I was hooked. Uh, you got me in trouble a few times with my wife watching it too late at night. <laughs> you, uh, you, you all know it's funny. I got to buy a nut. Well, not a Tennessee kid, but somebody who went to Tennessee. Tobias got yeah. in trouble too by his wife. His uh, <laughs> she was like, "Get off his live!" Boom, boom, boom. We not doing that. <laughs> so I was I was dying laughing. I was right with him. Hey, hey. So Vanderbilt NBA. What was your what was your worst moment in the NBA? What was your best moment in the NBA? Uh, my worst moment was definitely the back injury. Uh, I had that my second year, going into my second year. I had a solid rookie season, and um, they were telling me just to go in and have a great summer, uh, work hard, and uh, had a good chance of playing even bigger minutes the next season. So me being who I am, I went to the summer. I took like maybe four days off, you know, and Grinding. I had – yeah, I had a college season, and I played. I led the league in minutes in SEC. Then I went straight to the pre-draft process. Then I went straight to the summer league. Then straight to training camp. Then a full NBA season. So, so that was too, it. Was too much for your back to handle. Basically, I I, I didn't understand the rest part of it. So uh, at some point in the summer, maybe before we went back to summer league that year, I, I hurt my back, and um, I ended up having to get surgery in December of the season. I tried to thug it out during the season. It wasn't working. Couldn't even tie my own shoes. It was crazy. Um, I had to 
to get it fixed. So I, I went and got the procedure done. And um, I came back, in my opinion, better than ever. But when I came, before I came back, they would made some, some trades and we changed coaches. And next thing I know is I'm having to prove myself again to a different coach, but I'm working my way back from injury at the same time. And they brought in some good players. So I had to wait my turn. And I was behind one of the best shooters ever to play, Kyle Korver. So I learned a lot, but I wasn't able to get the minutes that I was fighting for for so long. So I would say that that moment set me back a little bit, but in my opinion, made me stronger mentally. Um, the, the best moment was, um, I have two best moments. The, the first one is probably guarding Kobe Bryant for uh, almost a full game. Rest in peace to be. Uh, no doubt. Um, that was an incredible moment. The only guy that actually wore somebody's shoes against that I was playing against, I refused to wear somebody's <laughs> shoes that I played against. But for that game, I had to pay homage. Um, and then the the second the second thing was uh, last year actually with the Knicks. It was my daughter's um, first time watching me play, and it was in Atlanta where I live now. And it was the game that I needed to play well in. So I was on a ten day. And I ended up having like 14 or 16 points and I got my contract guaranteed for the rest of the season that after that game. And that was her first time seeing me play on Valentine's Day. So that was a cool moment for me. That was big time. That was big. Oh, that, huge, was, that was huge. That was I, big I needed time that for you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was that was a lot a lot of fun for what, sure. What, Good moment for our family. What was your what was your best what was your best thing about Vanderbilt for you. You you spent three years there. I mean you close to your parents, you close to everything that's going on, which you grew up next to. What, what was the best part about that? I think the pressure of playing at home for me was was crazy because in high school I averaged 42 points a that's game. I was the nation's leading tough. scorer. <laughs> so like I had my friends that I was around in school, they were like, man, you gotta go to Vandy and average 30. I was like 30 as a freshman. That just don't happen. Like, you know, be patient with me. Like, I'm going to get my feet wet. I'm the only freshman. Like, take some time. But I would average 11 my first year at Vandy. I was six men of the year. But everybody back home was like, oh, John's not as good as we thought he was going to be. Mm-hmm. Like, they expected me to average 30 for real. So, I think the pressure uh, <laughs> made me it, – it, it suited me. It got me ready for the NBA hey, You want to know what's crazy, though? Uh, let me tell you something. What's crazy, yeah. right? So, they just think a high school kid, right? You don't – first of all, you haven't even played at a college pace yet. And they just think, okay, he he averaged forty two in high school. He was just going to go average. No, it don't work like that. They don't. At all. Just don't understand what's really going on in basketball. You can have a bad coach. You could have yeah. a good coach. You could it, you could have seniors in front of you. They just like everybody just mm-hmm. expects something out of you. Fit is everything, man. As you know, like you got to find the the correct fit. Even now, as professionals, you know, we got to find the correct fit because, like you said, it could be a coach. It could be. Guys getting paid more in front of you, like they're gonna play those guys. So um, I had a good fit. I played a lot, but you know, to average thirty as a freshman, like not too many guys are even thinking about doing that. They just want to play well and maybe twenty or so for some of these uh, phenom five stars now. But and I think the pressure was good for me just to see that you know this is what it's gonna be. It made me go into every game even more focused and more intense and more locked in. Um, and it created a monster actually in college. I was I was locked in from day one, knowing that I had it. Uh, the city looking at me every single game, and they supported me every single game, and I wanted to make them proud. That's tough. That's tough, man. That's that's tough. Hey, I see. I seen that you you played in China, right? Yeah, I played in China. Only like two or three games because of the pandemic, but I was there for a little bit. 
what you think is the biggest difference between the NBA and China? Even the G League. I'll give you I know you play in the mm-hmm. G League, so I'll give you that too. What what you think is the biggest difference between those three? Uh I think China is the most physical league that I've definitely played in. Because they be uh, fouling. They a lot of, yeah, they a lot of stuff go, man. I was I remember I got clothesline one game, like the refs just looking at you like, you know, they expect you to just fight through it. Uh obviously if it happens in the NBA, then they call in a whistle way before anything crazy happens. So they regulate it better. Uh, the G League is physical. The G League is it's like, I always say it's like college on steroids. Uh, and usually it's the best college players in the past three or four years that are playing in it, trying to get a name for themselves or a call up, you know. So uh, the pace is like a college pace. The IQ isn't as, as strong as the NBA, obviously. And that might be the, the biggest difference between G League and NBA is the IQ of the players because the game is more slowed down in the league. Uh, the space is more. College is a little clogged up, and as you know, you know Europe everybody is definitely in the paint. clogged up. Everybody. Yep. In in Europe, everybody in the paint. So you got to be efficient uh, in at all three spots, but especially in in NBA, you got to be efficient, especially as a role player, because you're not going to get those twenty shots a game like I was getting in the G League. You might get four or five. And I need to make two or three of those to stay in the game. So who was who was the was toughest person you played against? In the G League, who's the toughest person you played against in China? Who's the toughest person you played against in the NBA? Oh, man. Uh, China, I didn't, I didn't get to play against any of the top, top dogs uh, when I was in China. But um, I, when, I, when I was looking this stuff up about it, uh, before I went down there, I saw Jimmer was a dog. I know he's going back, so I'd love to play against him if I was to go back there. Um, G League, man, I played against a lot of good players in the G League. Um, that's a great question. Uh, there's a few, there's a few guys that I, that I liked. Um, not even my position, like Alan Williams, plays for Locomotive. Okay, he's tough, tough big man. Led the league in rebounds, I think. I played with him. Alan in Williams. You know what's funny? Uh, I just saw that name earlier. Sorry to cut you off. I just saw that name earlier. Yeah. Because my boy Jordan Crawford plays with him now in Locomotive. Yep, he's tough. He's tough. Like he was in my team in Phoenix. He was young, fresh out of college, but uh, he can rebound his ass off, and he can he can uh got hooks around the basket, nice touch. Uh, should be in the league. Um, I can't think of one guy off the top of my head that I was like, man, he's there's so many buckets in the G League. What about the what about I mean, the league? Let's get to the association. Who yeah. was the best you played against? <laughs> D Wade is tough, truck. Like that dude. Oh no, I believe. I didn't even. You. I, I, <laughs> See, I, I didn't even. I didn't even play prime prime D Wade. I played against. He was good. I, I played against 2012, 2013. Uh, Miami Heat with LeBron second year there in D Wade. I guess you could call that semi prime D Wade. Semi. I'm talking about the 06. D, yeah, I'm talking about the 06, 07, 08 D Wade. I didn't get to see that man, but the one I saw was still. He was still flash. Um, Aside from Kobe and those two guys, you know, at the two guard position, they were they were the elite of the elite. I would say with D Wade, his uh, ability to split screens and reject screens, um, and then if he gets high with that jumper, it's it's, it's tough. Game That's over. a tough Lights cover. Out. Yeah. That's a tough yeah, cover. Definitely. Hey, hey, John, we know you a sharpshooter. We know that. We get that. What have you been working on in a pandemic to expand your game? To- I don't know, whatever you need to do to keep, you know what I mean, to keep yourself yeah. and kill a mentality. Definitely. Um, 
I, my biggest things this summer uh, with my trainer, A. Millsap here in Atlanta, was uh, working on more shiftiness, uh, getting guys off balance. I don't need too much space, so any shift I can get away from That's the defender is going to help You don't out. need much <laughs> space. I'm going to give you that. <laughs> yeah. I think that um, the pandemic kind of hurt me because I wasn't able to play too many games and show that what I got better at summer before. But So this summer I've had extra time to really hammer down the stuff that I really wanted to improve on. So I've been – my ball handling has gotten way better. Uh, I stay in game shape year-round. I don't mess around um, – trying to get out of shape in the summertime. I think it's super important for guys to be locked in year round. Um, so I stayed on that, even though I didn't have access to a gym for a while, I just did stuff around the house and uh, ran outside, um, did jump rope. Um, and then athleticism. I mean, I'm trying to get my bounce back, my college bounce back. I'm getting older. So that's, I'm just staying. Hey, how stand. hard is that? Oh my yeah, God. It's tough. I'm not going to lie. It's I don't tough. even and think I, about I'm about to be 30 no soon. So I, I just do layups. <laughs> Yep, yep. It's crazy how your body just changes. So uh, I'm just finding ways to train smarter. But at the same time, uh, I still get, I still wake up at 4 a.m. every day. Uh, I get my work in. Uh, Hold on, what you just said? Hold on, what you just said? You wake up? <laughs> uh, 4 a.m. every day. 4 a.m. Uh, I, I watch Kobe religiously. I watch all his videos and oh, you podcasts. Hey, John, you're a worker you know. worker. <laughs> Oh yeah, I mean, with I mean, I don't, I'm not athletic, or I don't have the ability as most of these young guys. So I gotta separate myself somehow, you know. That's I gotta, tough. I gotta do things that others won't do. So this is a true uh, profession. My mentor said I gotta be. My mentor told me I had to be uncommon amongst uncommon people. So to be that, you gotta be a one percenter. So I just try to be a one percenter, best I can with my work ethic, and then hopefully soon this year I can let my game do the talking. Heard you. Hey, hey, what, what's next for you? What you think is next for you? I love to be in that European market again, man. Uh, obviously, NBA is the goal, uh, but I need to I need to go out there and just play a full season and uh, just show what I've gotten better at, uh, show my improvements in my game, and then I think from there the rest will speak for itself. But I definitely need to go to that European market. I like China. China is good for the money, especially, but the European market. So many top dogs in Europe right now. A lot of guys that deserve to be in the league. I want to uh, go against those guys and, and see what I got. So hey, they, they that's where I'm at with it right now. Hey, you know, and we're gonna keep we're gonna keep an ace of ace and a spade of spade. You know, the NBA is full of politics. We get it, we get it. Yes. Like it's it's full of politics. There's a lot of people yes. that deserve to be in there from Europe and China and a lot of places. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna tell you one person that's like really close with me, Marshawn Brooks. This is my guy. Like that's my guy. Tough. Super tough. You know what I mean? And 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 I, I talk to him about it all the time. And he always tell me, like, yo, bro, you you know what I do. I, I do know what he do. Everybody know what he do. Mm -hmm. It's NBA Atlanta guy too. He in Atlanta, too. Oh, yeah, I know. I was out there. I, yeah. We'll link up next yeah. time. I, I'll be out there yeah. at Marshawn House. Yeah, next time you're here, let me know. Definitely. Yeah, I'll be out there. How you pull up. Pull up to the uh, – you, you, we we be on different – we be on bad timing, though. I ain't going to say it. <laughs> <laughs> I I'll think your wife – what you hanging uh, out know. with us too? <laughs> I'm gonna catch I'm gonna catch y'all at the gym before y'all. Yeah, we, we go to the gym or something. <laughs> go for a run or some funny shit. That's it. We like <laughs> we on bad timing. But now all jokes aside, right? I appreciate yeah. you tapping in. I wish the best for you going forward, gangster. You already know the vibes. Same here, Chuck. I appreciate you having me, dog. Yes, Definitely. sir. I appreciate you, Broski. All right, dog. All right, be easy.